Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In the previous episode, Sebastian's dragon was hatched. And in this episode, chapter 4, Seb and the dragon run into trouble, and a potential new friend. Let's dive in. Seb and the dragon walked sleepily through the forest at pre-dawn. Seb readjusted the quiver on his back and looked down at the dragon. How did you get dirty already? The young man grumbled and crouched down as he noticed black spots on the dragon's hide. He tried to rub the marks out, but he realized that they were black scales. Does this mean you're not going to stay gray forever? He questioned, knowing he wouldn't get an answer. The scales were still small and patchy, but Seb was excited at the dragon's growth. It seemed every morning when he woke, the dragon was larger. It no longer slept next to his head, but next to him on the bed, snuggled under the sheets. I've got to come up with a name for you, Seb considered out loud. I can't call you dragon forever. Let's wait till your scales come in, hmm? He stroked the dragon's head, and it pressed against his hand affectionately. They caught a small doe that day, and Seb knew he couldn't carry the deer over his shoulders with the dragon in his game bag. The dragon barely fit as is, and was getting heavy. For the first time, the dragon and human walked side by side into Deep Creek. As Sebastian expected, every single person on the street stopped to stare at them. Dragons were scarcely seen in the southern town. When Seb dropped off the dough at the butcher, the woman behind the counter didn't even speak to him. She was so shocked. Matthias ran out of his shop, having heard from a customer that Sebastian Allor had a dragon with him. A couple of Seb's friends were trying to pet the dragon. It was feeling overwhelmed, as Matthias ran over to them. Seb, can I speak with you? He grabbed the young man's arm roughly, and Seb jerked in surprise. Yeah, sure. He waved goodbye to Tristan and Elon, and the dragon ran after the blacksmiths. Matthias pulled him into an alleyway between two houses. What in the underworld are you doing? Seb stared at his disgruntled boss. Um, you can't just walk around with it like that. Someone could steal it in the blink of an eye. But Matt, he's getting too big to hide. Am I supposed to wait until he's the size of a settee to let him out into public? The smith glanced down at the dragon in annoyance. It was the size of a small hound now. Of course Seb would have trouble keeping it hidden. Also, he likes to bite. Seb reached down and patted his dragon's head. If someone tries to steal him, I think we'll be okay. Matthias shook his head. A bandit would kill him before getting too close if they were smart. Be careful, Seb, because you could get hurt too. Not more than two days passed before the dragon was completely covered in thin black scales. They were a stark contrast to its emerald eyes, and it looked more like a dragon now than ever. Seb kept it at home while he went to Fauna's secret birthday celebration. The black dragon gnawed on a deer firmer at Maria's feet, well occupied. At the bush party, everyone said Sebastian should have brought the dragon, but Seb would just smile and shake his head. The night was about his girlfriend, after all. The bonfire was surrounded by well over 20 teenagers, drinking and having a good time. The summer night air was fresh and warm, 
and above the trees, stars twinkled brightly. I have your gift. Seb stood next to his girlfriend after spending some time with his friends. He took something out of his pocket, and Fauna saw that it was a necklace. She held her straight auburn hair aside, and her boyfriend clasped it around her neck. Fauna held the pendant in her hand. It was beautiful, black opal. She looked up to Seb, who stood taller than her. There was a piece of the dragon's egg that wasn't thrown into the fire. I polished it and smoothed out the edges, and put it into a thin resin cast. It glinted in the firelight. If anyone asks, it's a stone. Better not say it's from a dragon egg. Seb, this is an incredible gift. It's one of a kind. My father is definitely going to ask where I got it from. Charles Byne was a jeweler, so that was to be expected. Tell him your good-for-nothing boyfriend made it, Seb smirked dryly. Fauna raised an eyebrow at him. I'll tell him my wonderful, amazing boyfriend made it. Thank you, Seb. She reached up and kissed him, and a chorus of teasing arose from the group of friends. The next day, Sebastian saw Fauna after he finished work. She was walking down the street from the forge. Come on, dragon, Seb said to the creature at his feet. It chirped and hurried after the human. He caught up to her. Hello. Fauna smiled at his way of saying hello. Hey, Seb. What are you up to? Seb felt a flutter of happiness in his chest when he saw that she was wearing the necklace he had given her. My father asked me to pick up a parcel from the bartender at the tavern. Seb gazed at her thoughtfully. It was an unusual request, especially for a lady to do. Why can't he get it himself? He's in a meeting. He could get it after. Fauna fidgeted. He could, but he asked me to do it. Seb frowned, unamused at the thought of his beautiful girlfriend walking into a tavern alone. Let me escort you then. Sebastian offered his arm and she took it. The dragon trotted along at Fauna's side. The town was quiet, with most people resting at home on the Sunday afternoon. The couple waved to a few friendly villagers who passed them by. The tavern was kept on the edge of town where weary travelers could easily find it. Seb held open the heavy door for Fauna. The tavern had a handful of patrons sat at round tables. The air had the lingering scent of tobacco and spilled drinks. Fauna went to the barkeeper and spoke to him quietly, and Seb and the black dragon stood a few feet behind her. The young man felt a pair of eyes on him. He glanced over his shoulder. Across the dimly lit tavern sat a pair of men in heavy black cloaks, gazing at him and speaking at a whisper. The dragon growled at his feet. It wasn't the playful growl Sebastian was used to hearing. The dragon was crouched low to the floor, its emerald eyes wavering into thin slits. Shh, he whispered to the dragon. As soon as Fauna had the parcel, Seb took her hand and led her outside. I think it would be best if you went straight home. I'll escort you most of the way. Fauna didn't argue. Seb had a serious expression across his typically aloof, boyish face. The dragon trotted in front of them, unusually alert. They dropped Fauna off when they were inside of her house and walked calmly back to their house. There was no doubting it. Sebastian and the dragon were being followed. Seb disappeared into the house and came out a moment later. 
he had left the dragon inside and had his hunting knife strapped to his thigh. He made it very obvious that the door was locked and that the key was around his neck. Seb strode towards the Vergalta forest, leading his followers out of Deep Creek. The dragon was locked safely in his bedroom, and Sebastian was certain that the men had followed him into the forest. He wasn't sure what to do, but at least this way, the dragon was safe. Seb leaned against an old, thick red maple, trying to locate the footsteps of his pursuance. You've made it too easy, one of the men from the tavern stepped into view. That was the plan. Seb placed a hand on his knife. The man laughed. What do you intend to do with that? He brushed aside the folds of his cloak and revealed a longsword. I planned on kicking your ass, the young man growled. The stranger's friend now appeared, and they closed in on the teen. We'll make you a deal. Give us the key without a fuss, and we won't kill your family. Shouldn't you have offered not to kill me? Seb glowered, drawing his four-inch knife. The men laughed, showing black-stained teeth. You're going to die. If we let you live, you might try to follow us and retrieve your dragon. Seb stepped away from the tree trunk toward the bandits. So does that mean... you're afraid of me? The bandit to Seb's left started to unsheath his greatsword, and in a flash, Seb ran forward and stabbed him in the thigh. The bandit let out an angry cry and dropped his sword, which Seb grabbed. It was heavy and almost as long as he was tall. The other bandit drew his sword quickly and backed away from Seb. The bandit he had stabbed pulled the hunting knife out of his thigh and tossed it aside. Sebastian had created dozens of weapons in the forge before and had no trouble with their weight, but wielding them was another matter. The second bandit ran forward and brought his longsword down, aiming to strike Sebastian's head. The young man deflected the attack, and another, and another. Suddenly, he was grabbed from behind by the wounded bandit. I've got you now, you little shit. He squeezed Seb's neck with his powerful arm while his partner readied his sword. Seb's heart beat wildly. Was this it? Was this all he could do? Would he be murdered here, then his mother, and his dragon stolen? All of a sudden, the bandit yelped and released Seb, who ran out of reach of either bandit. The one who had grabbed him was kneeling on the ground, clutching his calf muscle. The dragon ran around the bandit and stood in front of Sebastian with his back arched. How did you get out? Seb cried. He didn't have time to think about it any further. The armed bandit ran at them, his sword raised. The young man stood with the great sword in a defensive position. Get back, he ordered his dragon. Metal clanged against metal, harsh and grating. Seb slammed the hilt of his sword into the bandit's chest, sending him backwards. The dragon leapt onto the man's back and sank his teeth into his neck, clamping down hard. Seb rushed forward. If he wanted to, he could run the bandit through with the sword and be done with it. Instead, Sebastian dropped the heavy weapon and unsheathed the dagger he kept hidden inside his boot. Seb stabbed the bandit in the side, above his hip bone. Seb whistled, and the dragon sprang from the injured man. They backed away. Both of the bandits were incapacitated. The young man was about to let them off with a warning, when his dragon cried out suddenly as it looked over Seb's shoulder. Sebastian felt something heavy smash into his skull, and he dropped to his knees, stunned. A third, unforeseen bandit kicked Seb in the back, and the young man sprawled out on the ground. Black spots filled his vision. The little dragon stood by his head, low to the ground and growling fiercely. 
There was a cry of pain and the bandit who just attacked him fell to the forest floor, motionless. An unknown figure ran past the body toward the other bandits and Seb blacked out. Sebastian groaned as he awoke. His head was pounding, and as he opened his eyes, he saw the familiar wooden ceiling of his house. He was in his own bed, with the dragon curled up next to him. He shifted in the bed, and the dragon leapt to its feet and stood with its front paws on Seb's chest. Oof, you're heavy. Seb rubbed the dragon's head before pushing him away. He sat up and felt a a sharp throbbing in the back of his head. He touched the spot gingerly. There was a large bump. It was light outside his window, and Seb did a double take. His window was broken, with jagged shards clinging to the frame. So that's how you got out, hmm? He said, Seb said to the dragon. Listen, I've got a name for you. You remind me of a character in a book I once read, a loyal black dog named Nocte. In the end, he and his master fought off a grizzly bear, and the dog died to save his master. I'm sure that won't happen to you, but what do you think of the name? The dragon swished its tail with a purr of approval. It's settled then. Nocte. Sebastian rubbed the dragon's head affectionately. As soon as he stepped out of his room, his mother dropped her work and ran over to him, throwing her arms around him. You're okay, my sweet boy. She cradled his face with tears in her eyes. Mom, of course I'm okay. Seb laughed softly and held her hands comfortingly. You nearly gave me a stroke when that man brought you here. He had you thrown over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. What man? Seb asked. It must have been the person who saved him from the third bandit. His name is Mr. Vivin. He was hoping to speak with you once you woke. Seb stepped past his mother and headed for the door. You should rest, Sebby. I'm fine. He pulled on his leather boots. I've got to find him and say thank you. Come on, Nocte. The pair headed out of the house, and Seb realized from the sun's position that nearly a full day had passed since his encounter with the bandits. His muscles felt a bit stiff from the fight, and his head still ached, but there would be no rest for him until he thanked his rescuer. He could be anywhere. Seb strode down the street with Nocte at his side and spotted Fauna. The man stepped out of the butcher shop and closed the door gently. He saw the young lady he had spoken with earlier, standing further down the street. The young man he had encountered in the woods was sneaking up behind her with a small-backed dragon at his heel. The young man grabbed the woman from behind and she let out a cry of surprise, drawing attention to them. He let her go and she turned around, throwing her arms about him. The young man seemed taken aback at her reaction, but he embraced her for a moment before holding her back and speaking with her. The young man had an athletic figure, tall and broad. He would make an excellent warrior by his physique alone. The man started to walk over to them, and halfway there the young woman nodded past her lover to him. The young man glanced over his shoulder, briefly examining him. He had a serious expression across his boyish face. You must be Mr. Vivin, 
Seb held out his hand to the man who approached him. Nox Vivin. He struck hands with the boy, but I prefer Vivin without the prefix. Seb nodded. Sebastian Allor, well met. Seb noted the firm handshake and calloused hands of a hard-working individual. The man had long, dark hair that fell down his back. He had thin facial features, was clean-shaven, and had perfect posture. He had a deep, pleasant voice to boot. But with his black clothing and dark eyes, he had the presence of a bandit himself. My mother said you wished to speak with me? I would, if that's alright. Sebastian nodded. I'll talk to you later, Fauna. Let's take a walk, shall we? The darkly robed man headed south and Seb followed. How are you feeling? Seb felt the stares of villagers as they walked past. I'm fine. Thank you for stepping in earlier. Of course. Vivin inclined his head. It's a good thing I was at that tavern as well. I saw the third bandit leave after the other two and tailed him. Why? Seb asked bluntly. What do you mean, why? The man raised his thin, dark eyebrows in surprise. Because it was obvious that they were going to jump you and you didn't stand a chance. I would have done fine on my own if the third one wasn't there, Sebastian said defensively. But he was, Vivian murmured. What name have you given your dragon, may I ask? Nocte. That's a good name for him. It suits him. They stopped at the edge of the field with the long, waving grass Seb had played in as a child. They were alone, and it would be easy to tell if someone was approaching. My girlfriend said you were questioning her about me, Seb said abruptly. Why? Straight to the point, hmm? I came into this town on a reconnaissance mission. My group had heard that a hatchling lived here with a young man, and I was supposed to survey the situation. I had seen you and Nocte walking around, and I was preparing to leave when those bandits showed up. I stayed a day longer to keep an eye on them, and sure enough... Your group? Yes. I'm a co-captain of a group of Cayenne, dragon tamers. The man straightened the clasp on his cloak. I was going to return to them and discuss your membership with them, but after yesterday, I believe it's imperative to offer it to you immediately. Seb stared at the man slowly processing the information. I'd like for you and Nocte to join my group, the Orin, to learn more about dragon taming. Vivin faced Seb and asked directly. Seb laughed with a grin. Nah, I can't do that. But thanks for the offer. Are you certain? I'm certain. Nox Vivin pursed his lips. What do you know about taming? Seb shrugged. What's there to know? I'm keeping him alive and happy. It was Vivin's turn to stare. At what age do dragons first breathe fire? No answer? It's a trick question. Dragons breathe fire when they've reached the size of a horse. Do you know the lifespan of dragons? How many teeth adult males have to females? When their breeding season is? What does any of this matter? Seb said impatiently. You didn't even know your dragon was a male for Cayenne's sake. I knew that. No, you didn't. Do you know what's going to happen once he starts breathing fire and flying? He's going to destroy your town. A dragon's innate desire is to destroy, and tamers are here to give them proper training and outlets. Sebastian thought quietly for a moment, and the man didn't pester him. I can't just leave, you know. 
I've got school and work and my mother to take care of. I've already spoken with your employer and teacher and several of your friends. Your mentor is happy that your dragon will receive proper training, and your teacher said you only have a few weeks left of school. Why were you talking with my friends, then? Seb clenched his fists. This man was strange, and there was something about him that Seb didn't like. Character references. It would be irresponsible to let a stranger with an untamed dragon walk into my camp. That... that was fair enough. Seb still wasn't convinced to leave, however. He looked down at the black dragon. I can't leave my mom. I'm the one who takes care of her, he said quietly. If you look at it another way, Nocte could grow up untrained and destroy everything here, including your mother and yourself. Vivin wasn't saying it to be cruel. There was no malice or harshness in his voice. And you will be compensated for your time with the Orin. Our lodging is taken care of and we have an allowance for our supplies. So, the income you earn is entirely profit. Seb sat in the grass with a huff and messed up his hair to release his stress. <sighs> Where's your dragon, then? Nocte crawled into his lap with his large paws patting Seb's thighs. He was too big to fit comfortably. I'll call her. Wait a moment. The tamer must have done so silently, because after a minute... A massive dragon landed in the long grass in front of him, shaking the ground. Seb scrambled to his feet and backed away, and Vivin laughed softly. She won't hurt you. Vivin held out his hand, and the dragon extended her muzzle to him affectionately. She's... She's pink, Sebastian murmured, still awestruck by the feathered dragon's size. The dragon, dull blush pink in color, growled, and Vivin stroked her feathered head. Now, now, Kaylee. My color doesn't in any way affect the sharpness of my teeth. Seb stumbled backwards, startled. She can talk! Of course she can talk. Vivin looked at him strangely. But Nocte doesn't. He isn't old enough yet. Sebastian subtly accepted the fact that he didn't know a thing about dragons. If he didn't learn... Nocte would become a problem, and quickly, at the rate he was growing. I... I'll go with you. Wonderful, Vivin said sincerely. The only person I haven't spoken to is your mother. I thought it best to save her for if you agreed to join me. When do we leave? First thing tomorrow would be preferred. Seb looked at Vivin, startled. Tomorrow? The sooner the better. Those bandits may have been the first, but they won't be the last. I'm sure their companions will be looking for them soon. You know the way back to my house, right? Seb changed the topic. I believe so. Alright, well, I've got a lot of goodbyes to make, so I'll see you tomorrow morning on the other side of town. Vivin nodded. Pack lightly. Only what you need. Seb said farewell and ran off with Nocte at his side. Most of Seb's close friends assumed from their interview with Vivin that Seb had already committed to joining the Oran. Nocte needed to be trained properly. Of course, Seb told them that wasn't the case. However, the farewells were short and sweet. 
since they knew their friend couldn't be kept away from the village for long. Seb cared too much for his family and friends for that to happen. A couple of them were secretly jealous that their friend had the chance to leave the humdrum town for a while. Fauna knew what was coming when Seb met her in the garden at her house. She slowly rose to her feet. Her delicate hands were caked in dark earth. Fauna preferred contact with the soil, despite her mother's scolding about ruining her skin. Fauna flicked her gaze from the dragon to Sebastian. You're going to go with that man, aren't you? The summer breeze tossed her ginger hair about her face. Yeah, Seb petted Nocte's head. It's the right decision. Fauna bit her lip and turned away. Hey. Sebastian touched her arm. Are you okay? Fauna shook her head, and Seb gently turned her around. He searched her pained, smoky gray eyes. Is it wrong if I say I don't want you to go? Sebastian shook his head. It's not wrong, sweetheart. Believe me, I don't want to leave. Fauna's heart ached. How long would it be before he called her sweetheart again? She didn't want to think about it. Promise me. Fauna struggled to hold back tears. Promise me that you're going to come back, Sebastian Allor. Seb put his arms around her waist and held her close. He was going to miss the way she felt in his arms, pressed close against him. I promise you, Fauna Bine, wherever I go, however far, for however long, I promise that I'm always going to come back to you. Fauna buried her face on her boyfriend's chest. When are you leaving? Tomorrow morning. Fauna felt tears sting her eyes. So soon. I'm not going anywhere for a little while, Sebastian said softly, stroking her hair. The dragon laid down on the dark soil of the well-tended garden while his tamer spoke to Fauna quietly. Thanks for listening to Chapter 4 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check out a DTF podcast on Instagram. If you don't use Instagram and would still like to get in touch, email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons.